Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Hello, Crossbridge. Oh, my gracious. So, so excited to be together this Christmas season. Everyone in Peru, those online, those in Ottawa. There is nothing like a church family is a great blessing all year long, but in my opinion as a pastor, what a blessing it is to gather together with a church family during the Christmas season. So whether today is your first time at Crossbridge or your 901st time, I encourage you to come together and let's gather together for all four weekends of this Christmas season at Crossbridge 20. 21. I want you to know it's not the same without you being here. So, how many of you can look back on past Christmases and you have some, some heartwarming, kind of memorable moments of Christmas uh, down through the years? Any of you? I think all of us, all of us have some memories, positive, good memories that stick out over the Christmas season. Uh, as I was thinking about it this past week, there are so many that come to my mind. Two, probably uh, the top two that I can think about was one was when I was uh, 20 years old and there were nine of us, eight adults and a four-month-old baby in a two-bedroom, one-bathroom basement apartment in Jamestown, North Dakota. <laughs> uh, I don't know how we did it and uh, we are never going to do it again, but we all still like each other after that Christmas. And that Christmas and, and all of us being crammed in this little basement apartment comes up all the time and we laugh about it and we have different memories of how if someone got up during the night and needed to go to the bathroom, like six of us had to like roll out of the floor so that they could get through. And, and we have so many fun stories from that Christmas. And the other one was six years ago. Uh, 2015, our son, uh, Nathaniel William, was at advanced individual training for the United States Army. He wasn't sure if he could make it home for Christmas or not. My mom's health was not good, but for months, like, seemed like starting in September, but it was probably October or November, but she would ask me every time I saw her, is Nate going to be home for Christmas <laughs> Is Nate going to be home for Christmas? It was like she had this internal clock in her that said, I want my grandson to be with me this Christmas. And I'll never forget, uh, she had had several hospital stays that year. And uh, she, had, she had been in the hospital and she was in a rehab center and she actually was coming home. Uh, that day, and I walked into her room in order to get her luggage and to take her home, and our son Nate was standing behind me. And as I walked in, he then peeled out from behind me. And when she saw him, I've never seen the smile, the calmness, the peace, and her eyes absolutely lit up because her grandson was home for Christmas. It's an absolute priceless picture in my mind. And come to find out, that was our last Christmas together. My mom ended up passing away the following June. But that picture, this picture stays 
in my office and uh, I have it in front of me all year round. Because for me, that is a reminder. And I don't know about you, but man, I'll be home for Christmas if only in my dreams, talking about those in the military. I mean, man, every time I hear that song, uh, it, it just, yeah, you get emotional over it. And now, every time I hear that song, I, th I think about this moment in our family and what a beautiful moment it was. Well, I wish we had time that we could kind of break up into small groups of three or four and we could all share some of our Christmas memories with each other. I, I know that we all have them. Christmas can be a time of great fun and heartwarming memories, but let's not kid ourselves. Christmas can also be a very, very complicated time. It can be a time of the season where loneliness can come upon us, grief, insecurity, fear. Christmas can be so wonderful and it can be so painful. <laughs> it seems like sometimes on the same day, both take place. Christmas is an exaggerator. The bad, the hurt, the loss, my current fears and anxieties, they become exaggerated at Christmas time. Oh man, we all so want a meaningful, a relationally healthy and low conflict Christmas that when anything gets in the way or that happening gets exaggerated and it can just suck the hope and the joy right out of us, it seems like in an instant. The reality, friends, is that there are problems that have yet to be solved and dreams that have yet to be fulfilled. And during Christmas, those unrealized dreams and those problems that seem to be warring against our souls can just slap us in the face and it can so quickly take the wind out of our sails and we are tempted to simply slumber through the season waiting for the next year to come. Oh, Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year and at the same time, it's often not the most wonderful time of the year because of what is happening. And it can get exhausting during the Christmas season. It seems like sometimes we go on these roller coasters. There's these high moments and these highlights and the memories that come back to us. And then there's sometimes the painful and the difficult that also so quickly come into our life at Christmas time. And as we kick off Christmas 2021 at Crossbridge, friends, I wanna remind all of us that Christmas Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year, not because of what is happening, but because of what happened. Not because of what is currently happening or not happening in your life, but because of what happened. At Easter, we celebrate an event, an event that has the potential to change our lives forever. At Christmas, we celebrate a season, a season where we look forward to an event that forever changed the world, God with us, God in the flesh. He dwelt and he lived among us. And often the quality of our Christmas is based on who is physically with us or who is not with us. But today I want to remind us that Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year, not because who is physically with us, but because of who is for us. Jesus came in the flesh and he is for you. And so in the scriptures, there's an Old Testament, which is before the life of Jesus. The New Testament starts with the life of Jesus and the birth of Jesus. And there are four uh, men that lived when Jesus did, and they wrote firsthand accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We call them gospels, good news. 
And Matthew and Mark and Luke's books have a lot of similarities, but John's book is different. We get a different perspective from John. The Bible is not just a bunch of stories. It's a book full of history written by real people who lived at specific times and in specific places. And John wrote his account of the life of Christ at an old age, as a very old man. So he witnessed more life and history than Matthew, Mark, or Luke did. And we gain a unique wisdom and perspective from John, which at Christmas time is so important for all of us to understand. Most scholars believe that John's gospel was written last. John was the youngest of the 12 disciples, and history indicates that he outlived all of the other disciples. The general thought is he's the only one of the 12 disciples who died of natural causes at an older age. Domitian was a Roman emperor from 81 to 96 AD. He executed a violent persecution against Christians, and during this time it was John who was exiled to the island of Patmos. And while at Patmos, John is credited with writing the last book of the Bible, the last book of the New Testament called the book of Revelation. And there is this sense, and we don't know for sure, but when John wrote his account of the life of Christ, it's almost like he was thinking, man, there's so much. I need to write it down. I, I need to share with future generations exactly why the birth of Jesus Christ and his life will mean so much to people in the future. And so we know that John was a leader in the early church. He was the only one of the 12 disciples who was standing next to the cross as Jesus hung there. And Jesus looked out at John and he asked him to care for his mother Mary until her death. And as John led in those early days of the church, I can only imagine how often people asked him questions because he was still the guy that had experienced the life of Christ that was still around. And I can only imagine how much Mary, as he was caring for her until she passed, how much she told him and taught him about Jesus as a boy growing up. And I can only imagine how often, you know, John would show up to, uh, you know, to, for a little get-together and people would be like, oh, you lived, you lived with this guy Jesus. And, the, and he would retell some of the stories and the events. So when you read the book of John, you, you need to kind of picture like this wise old man who witnessed some incredible suffering and tragedy and he realizes that he needs to share his perspective and write it down. It is John who summarized God in one word. In John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, he writes, God is love, love. He didn't write God loves, he does. He says God is love. He is love. It's cool that John wrote that, but it's incredibly impactful that John wrote God is love when you think about all the suffering and all the loss and all the pain that John endured. John lost close friends to execution and to violent deaths because of their faith in Christ and their commitment to tell others about Jesus. He lost family members in many ways, his entire society and his culture. You see, John was alive in 66 AD when King Nero sent General Vespasian into Galilee to all of the Jewish cities. 
slaughtering thousands and thousands of Jewish people and sending them into slave markets of Rome. History books record for us that Vespasian had such a disregard for Jewish life that he took a group of Jews who could not swim. He shackled them together. He threw them into the Dead Sea simply to test the buoyancy of the sea. John heard those stories. John witnessed incredible horror during his life. John had beautiful memories and experiences growing up in Jerusalem, and he also witnessed that city when they were surrounded and people were starved to death and plagues broke out. History records for us, friends, that over a million Jews were slaughtered by the time the war ended in 70 AD. The city was destroyed, the temple was destroyed, 100,000 people were captured and made slaves. And so when John wrote this account of the life of Christ, he's witnessed all this. He has seen all this. His friend Peter was executed. His friend Paul was executed by Nero. John lived a life full of horror, chaos, hurt, and difficulties. And yet John never lost faith. Towards the end of his account in John chapter 20, we're going to get to that in our devotional. But in John chapter 20, verse 30, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these that are recorded and written down are so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Thinking about all that he's seen, he's like, man, I want you to know that if you want true life, you've got to experience Jesus Christ. You've got to experience him. I want you to have spiritual life. You need to meet Jesus. And then at the end of his book in chapter 21, verse 24, he says, this is the disciple, he's talking about himself, this is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Thinking about all that he experienced, that's a powerful, powerful sentence. In spite of all the horrors that John's eyes had seen, the smells and sounds of loss and pain that he had endured, the destruction of so many of the memories and the people and his family and the culture that he enjoyed. At the end of his life, he wanted us to experience the source of life, much beyond physical life, spiritual life. Oh my goodness, John understood what darkness looks like, smells like, and sounds like. He witnessed it. And so friends, during this complicated time of Christmas, during this season, 2021, we know that over what? The last 18 months, there's been a lot of darkness. I've been reading the last few days of the shooting in the high school, not that far north of here, up in Michigan, a little bit north of Detroit. Horrific, horrific violence in a school. I can't imagine now, I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what circumstances and, and pain you're facing this Christmas. Oh, I, 
I pray there are some high moments, but my guess there's always there's also some some low moments, some some difficulties, some challenges. I I think for a great way for us to start our Christmas season is to remember there is light in the darkness. There is hope amidst our pain. In this season, when your life may be very, very complicated, the pain may be real, maybe you are so excited about who you're going to be with this Christmas. Or maybe, maybe your heart is heavy because of the person you aren't or the people you won't be with this Christmas season. Maybe you're thinking about what you're going to get for Christmas. (laughs) Or maybe there are some things that you know you won't be getting for Christmas. You're never going to get them. All the emotions that you and I face during this Christmas season. John begins his book. Would you read it with me? Chapter 1, verse 4. Would you just read this out loud with me? In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. You see, when Jesus showed up, the belief, the belief among the Jews was that this Messiah was going to do something regionally. This Messiah was going to do something for the Jewish people. And John says, no, 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 you need to understand. This light of the world, it's not just for the Jewish people. It's, just not, it's not just for those in the Mideast. It, it, it's for people living in the Illinois Valley. It's not for people just now. No, it's the light of all mankind for all time in all circumstances. This life, this life in Christ, it's it's not just for us Jews. It's, It's not just for those living now. It's not for those who have a certain level of education. It's not for those who have never been addicted. For those that have been successful. For those who have dropped out of school. For those who have been Married for 51 years. I met a couple yesterday that's been married for 51 years. I'm like, that's amazing. (laughs) Well, they all weren't good years is the reply I got back. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I kind of figured that. (laughs) This light of all mankind isn't excluded for the one that's been divorced. Whatever your lot in life is, John very clearly says, this light is for all mankind. It's for all of us. It's for all of us. He goes on to say in verse 5, the light shines in the darkness. And though the darkness may come against it, the darkness has no shot of overcoming it. Oh, we know. We know there's been a lot of darkness in 2021. It's been real. It's been painful and oppressive for so many people. That darkness has tried snuffing out and tamping out the light in your life. But friends, listen. John, this disciple named John who saw best friends were beheaded. We don't know for sure, but we can only imagine the city that he grew up in was besieged and a million people were killed. I'm guessing some of those were some of his family members. He had unimaginable horror. Yet he was convinced the light shines in the darkness and the darkness will not, cannot, is unable to overcome it. Friends, listen, this Christmas season, we aren't naive. We don't have fake hope. 
No, we have a historical record of men and women who faced incredibly dark times, and yet they wanted us to know. They wanted to shout down through the ages, listen guys, in the Illinois Valley in 2021, the darkness, the darkness is not able to overcome the light. Look for the light, chase after the light, focus on the light. There is hope, there is hope amidst darkness. As hard as darkness, addiction, sin, hatred, leaders who have let us down, family members who talk behind our backs, those who have rejected us, no matter how hard the physical pain or the emotional pain or the relational pain is, ravaging in your life, friends, listen. John would say to us, he would say to us, there is light in the darkness. There is light in the darkness. The darkness may come against you, but the darkness is unable to overcome the light of Jesus Christ. John was absolutely convinced that no matter how great the pain, no matter what's happened in your life, no matter what you're facing, no matter how dry the valley, how insurmountable the obstacle, no matter how severe the depression, no matter how extreme the fear, there is no amount of darkness that can overcome the light of Jesus Christ. And listen, he's not some 20-year-old kid who is writing this down. Nothing wrong with 20-year-old kids. I would probably trade places with you if I could. <laughs> but you need to understand, this is an older man. This is an older man who's experienced life. He's experienced pain. He has seen it with his own eyes. He has felt it deep within his soul. And yet he is convinced that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. In him, in Jesus, was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Of course, I've got a question for you. Where are you searching for light this Christmas? Where are you searching for light? Where are you seeking life to spring up from in your life this Christmas? Is it in your circumstances? Is it in your surroundings? Is it in your year-end bonus at work? Where are you searching for light? Is it in your Savior, Jesus Christ? So I, I really want to encourage us. Here's what I've learned. And for all of us who are searching and experiencing and, and seeking, with all of the ups and downs that our lives all have, I want to ask you to read your Bible this Christmas season. And I know we've handed this out. If you haven't gotten one of these, I encourage you to pick one up. We're going to read through the book of John. Now, maybe... Maybe you didn't understand John's background, who he was, his perspective. I want to encourage you. Can I, can I just tell you that recently, uh, it's been a very dry time for me to read the Bible. If you've been a believer for a while, I'm guessing you've had some dry times. 
Maybe you can relate to that. I don't know why. Lately, I mean, I, I will pull out my Bible to read and it seems like my mind goes a hundred different directions. It's like Satan's doing everything he can to keep me away from the light of Jesus Christ in the Bible. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to read your Bible this Christmas season. It's been a difficult time, 2021, for our family in a number of ways. There's been some real excitements, but it's been a hard year for us. And I know God's been asking my wife, asking me, asking our family, will we find our light and our life in Christ and Christ alone? And I don't know how else to put it other than this way. If you don't read your Bible, if you don't read the Bible, you're not going to find your light in your life in Christ. You just won't. Because you're going to have all sorts of other competing ideologies and philosophies and there's going to be those voices that's saying there is no hope. Look at what's going on over here. Did you hear what that person said? Did you know that this is going on over here? So friends, we have to bring God's word into our minds, into our life, into our heart. So I want to encourage all of you. Like, I've never read the Bible. I don't own a Bible. I'll buy you a Bible. Jimmy will buy you a Bible. I know you will. We'll give you a Bible. Love to. Love to. I want to encourage you. Pull out a Bible this Christmas season. Read it. Read through the book of John. Just see how that changes your Christmas. If you can continue to, to, to put the light of Christ deep down into your soul. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge Podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.